Log Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. In the current election cycle, ridiculous is the new sublime, and that makes it fair game for satire. Tonight we're going to present two authors who have a new satirical book that has two stories in it that are set in the age and the aftermath of Donald Trump. And with some of the things that he's been saying recently, I almost think his entire campaign is a lot of satire. We have joining us here tonight Presley Acuna and Kendall Smith. They are the authors of Trumpicana, a satire about Donald Trump. Hi, Presley, and hi, Kendall. Hi, Cheryl. Uh, This is Presley. Unfortunately, Kendall wasn't able to make it. So um, in the true spirit of partnership, I will answer for both of us tonight. Wonderful. Okay, then. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith. And you know what? That was going to be the first question that I was going to ask is, how exactly did the two of you become partners? Well, it actually happened that we worked for the same employer a couple of years back, and it didn't even start with writing. It it it, it happened that we're both drummers and play in musical bands, and that somehow came out over lunch one day, and you know we got to talking, and then finally discovered that we're both writers, and you know it was like love at first sight, and we started collaborating on projects. So um, eventually, we even formed a publishing company, which is Percussion Publishing that we use to publish uh, self-published works and not just our own, but other people's. You know, so what what is that like for you? I know that um, that I've had an opportunity to self-publish some of my books as well and um, also have worked with publishing other people's books. So what was that journey like for you as far as getting into, you said you started with drumming and then you went on into writing, and, and I know that you've also written some thrillers and now a satire. So what has that journey been like? Well, it's certainly um, a lot easier, Cheryl, than it used to be uh, in 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 the um, modern day. A lot of the process is is automated. Um, there's there's companies that just handhold you. Um, although we did did have to do a lot of learning. You know, you have to learn how to format books and how to specify art so it fits on the cover. And you know, there's customs and how you you present. Um, page numbers, authors' names, you know, all these rules that go, that are mechanical rules that go with writing, which is way beyond what any writer ever thinks about, right? You just want to write a good story, but now we have to play the role of publishers, too, and learn all about marketing and pricing and, you know, what what color the pages should be, what typeface you should use. It's quite a learning experience, but it's like anything. Once you learn it, you know it. And the next time around, it's easier. And, you know, part of that publishing company's mission is to turn around and make it easier for other people to help them on that same journey. So it's it's quite a, quite a learning experience, but I think well worth it because you get so much control over what happens with your book. And you also get to keep a little bit more of the money. 
<laughs> yes, that is very, very true. Um, you, you, and you're so right with uh, when you say that it, it's a journey because the industry years ago, you know, I started back in probably almost 10 years ago now, and it has become a lot more automated and it's a lot easier. But I think that because I started when I did, that I really appreciate um, some of the modern technology that's available out there now, and I appreciate the process that's involved with uh, self-publishing a little bit more because it did take a little bit more work, and it helped you to gain a little bit more knowledge and understanding about the industry as a whole, and that's usually what I tell a lot of our um uh, authors that that are, that that are aspiring authors and things like that is that you really have to do your research and it's a good idea for you to know the industry before you get into the industry so that you can choose you know whether you want to you know actually self publish or if you want to go with a, a non traditional publisher or a small publisher big publisher at least if you've had some hands on and done it yourself you know what to look for and you know you know you won't get taken in by some of the people that are out there that would um that wouldn't do you uh, the way that they really should, that they would take advantage of you, in other words. So I, I commend you on that journey, and I definitely understand what all of that is like. Yes, you're absolutely right about all of that. Um, it's um, it's also a, a, a great thing because modern, modern technology has allowed um, um, authors to reach out to audiences in a way that they could not before. For example, social media, right, and also things like blogs and uh, digital um, uh, mailing of press releases and ad campaigns. There's m many ways that you can now very precisely target your audience and market your book in the way that you want and even be able to track the results of that so that you know what's working and not working. And there's a lot of, you know, people that will try to take advantage of you exactly as you say and you just have to develop your um your skeptical mind about those things and if you do it right those tools can really work for you so everybody tonight we're talking with uh, Presley Acuna he is one of the authors of the new book uh Trump Acana that is a satire about life after the election of Donald Trump so Presley why did you guys write Trump Acana in the first place well, you know, it it's it's amazing how much um Donald Trump has has reset the scale of what is considered to be acceptable public discourse, acceptable behavior by by people that are public figures, right? Um because it's because we have theories, right? And one of them is that because the news is now entertainment Right. News is entertainment. It's not just news, 24 seven news cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just want you to keep watching so that you can watch the ads and so forth. Right. Because of that, they have enabled these kinds of um, outlandish behaviors and they treat them in the spirit of being fair and balanced as if they're normal behaviors. So just like the back of the book says, the ridiculous becomes the new sublime, you know, ridiculous becomes the new normal almost as soon as it happens in the modern world, right? And because of that, we, we, we're all a little numb to the, the implications of something like this 
going all the way. Like if he actually, you know, both Kendall and I are not supporters of Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make a statement that would impact people, that would make them perhaps, you know, wake up a little and realize what could happen. And one way that you can do that is by writing satires. Satires are supposed to be eye-openers. They make you laugh, but they supposedly also have a message. That's usually the, the reason that people write satires, you know. And we think that, you know, this was the best way that we could send a political message and make a difference in some small way by writing a funny couple of stories and at the same time hopefully making you think about what's going on. So can you tell us a little bit about what those stories in Tropicana are about? I sure can, Cheryl. So um, there are two stories. One is actually um, – uh, takes place on inauguration day of of the fictional Trump presidency, and um, it's a story about the head of the Secret Service, who is a woman, and happens to have um, her father happens to have been one of the many uh, businessmen that was uh, cheated by Donald Trump um, in the 1980s uh, during the casino building phase, and he was ruined. Right, and Donald Trump doesn't realize that the head of the Secret Service is the daughter of that guy. So she has a vendetta, and um, she does something very surprising that I can't really give it away, but it's got a big twist at the end, and it'll make you laugh. All right? And then um, the second story takes place a few years after a fictional Trump presidency, and it's it's um, – it's set in the aftermath. You know, it, it, it posits that, okay, he came and went, and he changed the way politics works. And, in fact, he, he got rid of things like the Electoral College. And it, and it turns out wow. that now, in, in the near future, the presidency is a lot more like a reality show. And it's called the 2032 Presidential Smackdown. And it's basically like a reality show. And anybody can run for president, and they have to get up there on stage and, you know, have talents and it spins that story out for you with another twist ending. So uh, hopefully people will like them. <laughs> that, wow. That, okay. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so why did you guys choose to write about it in the aftermath? I mean, I, I know that, um, you know, for me going through the, the actual election has just been surreal in and of itself, but why, why the aftermath, why would it look like after Trump leaves office? Because, like I was saying before, you know, the ridiculous has turned into the new normal, right? So if he were to become the president and we had four years of that kind of behavior, um, that would be the new normal. So what would the next presidency be if the scales are are set in, in, in that way, right? Now even more ridiculous behaviors might be enabled. Some people even think that if he loses the election, that's a permanent side effect, that now there's this new standard or substandard that won't go away. It's hard to move back, you know, once the genie's out of the box. So that's why we wrote the aftermath one to sort of point out that if you let this happen – it's all downhill from here, and uh, you know. But also trying to, you know, make, tell a funny story. We don't want to upset you too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, everybody. We are speaking with uh, Presley Acuna. He and his partner Kendall Smith have written a book entitled Trumpicana. It is a satirical book about what life would be like after a Donald Trump 
presidency. So when we come back, we're going to talk to him a little bit about um, the challenges that maybe he faced in uh, trying to put this particular book together, as well as, you know, what might happen if Donald Trump does actually become president of the United States after they've written this book. So don't go away. Join us just back in just a few minutes on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Hi, I'm Layla Ali. I might be undefeated in professional boxing, but there's one problem even I can't fight alone. Childhood hunger. Over 17 million kids in America may not know where their next meal is coming from. That's one in five children. Yet billions of pounds of surplus food produced right here in America just get thrown out every year. That's more than enough to feed every last hungry child. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank by going to feedingamerica.org. Together, we can knock out hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. There was a man named Kaiser Khan speaking at the Democratic Convention. His son, Captain Humayun Khan, was killed serving in Iraq. And he had some very tough questions for you. He said you wouldn't have even let his son in America. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that. I saw him. He was, uh, you know, very emotional and probably looked like uh, a nice guy to me. His wife... uh, 
if you look at his wife, she was standing there. She had nothing to say. She probably, maybe she wasn't allowed to have anything to say. You tell me, but plenty of people have written that. Uh, she, uh, she was extremely quiet, and it looked like she had nothing to say. A lot of people have said that, uh, and personally, uh, I watched him. I wish him the best of luck. George. What would you say to that father? Well, I'd say we've had a lot of problems with radical Islamic terrorism. That's what I'd say. We have a lot of problems where you look at San Bernardino, you look at Orlando, you look at the World Trade Center, you look at so many different things. You look at what happened to the priest over the weekend in Paris where his throat was cut, 85-year-old beloved Catholic priest. You look at what happened in Nice, France a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'd say you got to take a look at that because something's going on and it's not good. He said you have sacrificed nothing and no one. Well, that sounds... Uh, who wrote that? Did uh, Hillary's uh, scriptwriters write it? How would you answer that, Father? What sacrifice have you made for your country? I think I've made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, I work very, very hard. I've created thousands and thousands of jobs, tens of thousands of jobs. Uh, I think Those are sacrifices? Lot. Oh, sure, I think they're sacrifices. I think when I can employ thousands and thousands of people, take care of their education, take care of so many things, even in military, I mean, I was very responsible along with a group of people for getting the Vietnam Memorial built in downtown Manhattan which to this day people thank me for uh, I raised and I have raised millions of dollars for the vets I'm helping the vets a lot I think my popularity with the vets is through the roof yep there you have it that was one of the many um, responses of Donald Trump when asked some very straightforward questions. Not sure if he ever answers any of them uh, directly. But anyway, uh, so tonight we're speaking with Presley Acuna. And, uh, Presley Acuna, who is one of the authors of the satirical book, Trump Acuna, that looks at life after a Donald Trump presidency. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you tonight, Presley, is how difficult was it for you to uh, put this particular book together? Cheryl, I have to tell you that it was almost easy, not difficult, because um, there are – it's like comedians enjoy the election cycle whenever it comes along because there's so much material that you can use, right? Um, he um, – Donald Trump um, gives us new material every day, and, um, you know, it just inspires – ideas like the stories that we wrote. Um, we actually have more stories waiting in the wings mm -hmm. for volume two, volume three. If he gets elected, you know, this might be my new full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you said that. Are you afraid of any repercussions from this? What, what are you going to do if he actually does become president after you've written this book? <laughs> Well, you know, one would hope that uh, the First Amendment would not be canceled or um, that he would not. Um, I mean, I hope the worst that happens is that he sends a tweet, a, you know, a nasty tweet to me. And that's fine. It's a free country. But I think, uh, you know, we should be okay. We have talked about that. Uh, you know, what, what if? Is there going to be some list and we're going to disappear someday? Um, I, I don't think it'll be quite that bad. Um, in fact, my attorneys have even said to me, uh, you know, um, if if that ever, you know, if he ever wanted to do something to you, you're going to have people lining up to defend you because it's, you know, 
great great publicity yeah. for whoever you know and you know the sales of the book will pay for the attorney so i mean i i really don't believe we'll ever go there because you know it is the united states of america and you know it's it's first amendment rights and fair use principles and play here satire is legal so i feel <laughs> like uh we're okay you know yeah Wow. So, you know, the last question I want to ask you is this. What, you know, you've written the book. Uh, it's it's satirical in nature. But like you said, many satires are meant to do, to do, if nothing else, make you think about what's actually happening, what's actually going on with, with a different lens, so to speak. So what are you really trying to accomplish with the book Tropicana? Well, we hope to raise awareness of um, the, the, the risks of uh, – you know, succumbing to someone's um, populist rhetoric, which is what it is. Um, and, you know, people need to think with more critical minds, more skeptical minds. You know, there's um, there's a very, uh, you know, important responsibility that we're going to give to someone, and we have to really make sure that person is going to be suited for the role. And I think people are too uh, – there's a lot of frustrated people in this country, and I don't blame them for you know being tempted and being uh, romanced by some of the things that Donald Trump says. He does straight talk and it's, you know what people say to each other at the bar kind of things, right? And it's very appealing to frust- – you know, I admit, I totally acknowledge that we have a segment of society that has been forgotten in the last – few election cycles and they're frustrated and you know their salaries haven't changed two jobs all that kind of thing um and but there's a risk right you, you have these people need to understand that it you, you can't just vote for someone because they have a good soundbite you know it's it's going to have repercussions and that's what we're hoping to you know make people aware of if they happen to pick up the book so, personally, how can our listeners find out more about Trumpicana, more about you, the publishing company, and what you and Kendall Smith are trying to do? Well, we have a website for the book. It's www.trumpicana.com. And if you go there, you'll find all kinds of additional materials, backstories, questions and answers, um, and, and information about us, the authors. And it's also available for sale on Amazon and Kindle. Just go there and search for Trumpicana, and you'll you'll get a picture of the book, which has a great cover picture of um, an orange with uh, Donald Trump's face on the orange. It's a caricature that was drawn by uh, Jason Seiler. He's a uh, highly acclaimed illustrator who decided to partner with us, and uh, hopefully you'll uh, you'll pick up a copy. Oh, also, so what, if you want to write us. If you want to write us or send a message, you can send the message to Trumpicana at percussionpublishing.com. You guys have anything interesting coming up for the future? Well, sure. We're thinking about Volume 2 of Trumpicana, and uh, those stories are in the works right now. You mentioned that um, I've also written a thriller. I did write a thriller called The Day and the Hour, which is a a much – more serious kind of work. And we have another one coming out, which is a short story collection, uh, which will be a variety of stories, funny, scary, thriller. And that one is coming out early next year, and it's called Driving to Distraction. So keep an eye out for it. We'll definitely do that. I hope that Tropicana, one of the stories at least, maybe comes into a full-length feature film or something. I think it's really (laughs) great. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cheryl. You are welcome. Thank you for being with us here tonight. It was a pleasure. 
Absolutely. Everybody, that was Presley Acuna. He's part of the team, uh, Presley Acuna and Kendall Smith. They have written the book, Trumpicana. If you'd like to get a copy of that or find out more about the book, you can visit them at www.trumpicana.com. That's www.trumpicana.com. The book is also available on Amazon.com. You need to get out there and get a copy of that today. TrumpAccountant.com. I can't wait. So, now listen, we will be back here next Tuesday once again interviewing someone really great. We have some really great guests coming up, y'all. We're we're looking at the, the singer Joe. We're looking at Tito Jackson. Um, just a whole plethora of people that are going to be coming to Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and we don't want you to miss it. Be sure that you subscribe to Real Life, Real Faith here on blogtalkradio.com so that you don't miss out on all of the wonderful guests that will be coming to us in the very near future. Also, make sure that you connect with us on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, Real Faith Mag. That's Real Faith Mag as in magazine. We're Real Life Real Faith on Instagram as well. So we are out there everywhere. You can even visit our website, www.realliferealfaithmedia.com. And don't forget in November, November the 5th, here in Houston, Texas, at the Sterling Ballroom, we'll be having the Real Life, Real Faith, Changing the Narrative Awards here in Houston, Texas, 7 p.m., November the 5th. Make sure you get out there and find out how to purchase tickets for the Real Life, Real Faith, Changing the Narrative Awards. We're honoring some wonderful uh, narrative changers like the Trayvon Martin Foundation, the Smart Girls Foundation, Naomi's House, which is a house for women who have been in prison and who are now matriculating back into society. So we don't want you to miss that. Um, and like I said, join us here every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Real Life, Real Faith Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and as always, we'd like you to remember that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed.